UCToday.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of UC Today's new production, Out Loud. I'm Patrick Watson and in this episode I spoke to Tim Banting. Tim's the Principal Analyst for Communications and Collaboration and Global Data. We discussed his history within the industry and the developing trends within UC and how those will be affecting the market going forward. I started by asking Tim about some of his previous roles. Previous to working at Global Data, I spent uh, a number of years at both Microsoft and Cisco, looking at Link as a senior product manager for Microsoft and uh, as a systems engineer and uh, market analyst and competitive analysis at Cisco. Um, I spent about 25 years in the communications and collaborations uh, industry and uh, seen some very interesting trends over the course of all of those 25 years. Did you say you, when you were at Microsoft, you were on Link that is now Skype? That's right. So um, I was a senior product manager. I, I moved out to uh, Redmond to uh, work at Microsoft as a senior product manager for Link, that's now become Skype for Business. Skype for Business has developed massively over the last few years, really taking the market by storm. Did you see those developments and that potential during the early years when you were first working on it? I, I did, yeah, absolutely, Patrick. So um, while I was at Cisco, I sort of uh, raised the flag and said that Microsoft would be a, a big competitor in the collaboration and communications industry when I was at uh, Cisco. So we recognised that uh, way back in time, Microsoft would make a significant impact on this industry. I think by, by and large, they've been big drivers, as Cisco were when we moved from the old digital PDX to IP PDXs. I think that um, Microsoft have made a, a big shift towards you know, unified communications and now this sort of um, integrated collaboration space that we're moving into, this team collaboration with uh, Microsoft Teams. And how do you feel Cisco reacted in terms of addressing that directional change by Microsoft? Do you feel that they managed that well? Yeah, I think Cisco uh, reacted and are reacting appropriately in the industry. Um, what we have to realise is that um, you know technology doesn't become a trend unless it satisfies a business need. And there's still a business need for unified communications. And I think what Cisco have done is they're looking at um, satisfying the needs for unified communications and also this move to Cisco Spark, which is more of a persistent team chat um, or a team collaboration space that's uh, similar to uh, Microsoft Teams in its approach. I think, um, you know, what I have found in, in unified communications and collaboration is that there's many different organisations with many different needs, and it's very difficult to, um, and it's wrong to pigeonhole people all in, in uh, particular buckets because there's so many diverse needs and, and so many diverse requirements that um, it's very difficult for customers to sort of, A, get an angle on what solution meets their needs, but um, B, to sort of um, pin their colours to, to one particular type of um, platform or, or solution. With that you know, massively diverse array of needs for end users and end user organisations across, what do you think are going to be the big trends this year in 2018? Are we continuing on from 2017 or is there anything you know, massively revolutionary that you think is going to develop within 2018? Yeah, I think um, 2018, as I said, I think technology doesn't become a trend unless it satisfies a business need. And there's certainly a need for effective, efficient, and frictionless communication and collaboration between employees, partners, and customers. So I think what we're going to see is the need for simple-to-use, integrated, and consolidated business tools. So we're going to see a move away from uh, unified communications to integrated collaboration um, as companies decide to re-platform for productivity. 
So those are services like uh, Microsoft Teams, Cisco Spark, Slack, Capitalism, Enterprise Rainbow, Unify Circuit. There's many a customer, um, that, sorry, there's many a vendor out there that has these uh, team collaboration platforms. I think we're going to see that accelerating, mainly because people need to carve out huge swathes of time to be productive. So there's more of a, a, a need to move towards um, this asynchronous model of collaboration where it's persistent and, uh, you know, we're not interrupted by a ringing phone or, or um, instant messaging notifications popping up every five minutes. This consolidation and streamlining of existing communication platforms is going to mean there's even greater demand for this to be available under one umbrella, as it were. Yeah, I think we'll see more of it consolidating under one umbrella. I think what we will find, uh, Patrick, is people leapfrogging technology. So there's still a large number of old PBXs out there. And um, people are probably going to skip out uh, that stage if, if uh, they haven't moved already. They're going to skip out that unified communications stage and go straight to team collaboration. So I think uh, there'll be certainly a lot more hybrid deployments. that They'll start rising in popularity in 2018. I think um, some organizations are still concerned by data, privacy, security, and reliability. And therefore, those sort of hybrid deployments where they leverage existing investments in PBXs but augment it by team collaboration platforms, I think we're going to see a lot more of that in 2020. Do you think these collaboration tools and their greater uptake enable some exciting developments and incentives around the digital transformation aspect for businesses? Yeah, I do. I, I I think the, the nice thing about uh, these team collaboration platforms and digital transformation is that they are going to become the platforms for artificial intelligence and bot integration. You're going to get a lot more analytics and insights from them. Uh, the notifications and alerts, they're going to be a lot easier and they're going to be extensive. So across uh, web browsers, mobile devices, um, you know, these team collaboration platforms are, are becoming very prevalent. I think the other area for digital transformation that we need to look at is um, platforms that you need to support your customers and uh, your partners and suppliers. So, um, you know, email has really been the default method of communicating externally. I think uh, with team collaboration platforms, we're going to see a lot more integration as uh, we look to support uh, partners and suppliers in those complex supply chains that we have. And in terms of consumption of the new platforms, how do you think that will be affected in terms of UCAS and, and CPAT and how will consumption of those platforms change with the different technologies that are coming forward? Absolutely. So we are moving to more of a, a subscriber economy, not only in business but in everything we do. You know, few of us own our own software. You know, a lot of, them, a lot of it we have um, subscription plans for. Very few of us um, have our own music. We might subscribe to Spotify. We, we don't own DVDs anymore. We Netflix, we're moving more to this uh, subscriber economy. Consumption model. Yeah, very few of us own our own cars. We, 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 we lease our cars. And I think um, as you start looking at team collaboration platforms, what is, 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 uh, stands out is there's, I don't think, I can't really think of any team collaboration platform you can deploy on premise and can buy it outright. It's all subscription, it's all cloud. Um, and that, that offers a lot of benefits. It, it allows us to scale up very quickly or scale down very quickly. It provides for an agile platform. The actual upfront investment, there isn't any. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of the, the shift has moved towards um, the customers having all the buying power now as opposed to the vendor. We used to have to have these complex RFPs and send them out to 
tender to various vendors. All of that upfront risk was in the hands of customers. Now it's shifted to vendors. So customers can just switch as we can do with mobile, you know, mobile providers. We can just say, well, we're not going to pay for this um, next month or we're not going to subscribe to you next year because we didn't do X, Y, and Z. So I think we're going to, we're moving towards this subscriber economy, and I think UCAS has anything to service is really going to accelerate the I suppose that flexibility and power in terms of the customer's buying autonomy that you were just highlighting there creates a more competitive market and an incentive for vendors and suppliers to improve their products and the customer experience in turn. Well, that's right, yeah, because the barriers to entry for any vendor are a lot less. So in order to create two collaboration platforms or anything to service, you can sh- you can stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, if you look at Slack, they built the whole of their proposition and the whole of their solution on the Amazon Web Services. So you can leverage these great, huge um, data centers that are available globally. And anyone with a great idea of a good software development team behind them can become a global player overnight. So I think competition is going to accelerate in this marketplace very quickly. Slack's a great example of someone who's been able to establish themselves, you know, taking advantage of those scalable platforms. Do you think there's opportunity for others to be similarly disruptive, taking advantage of those, and will we see more new propositions this year? I think we will do. There's definitely going to be some consolidation. So you, the market will consolidate around those few vendors that can provide a compelling proposition and, and satisfy these business needs. And I think that you will see a number of startups, you will see a number of people just um, throwing in their towel and saying we can't compete against some of these big global players. So if you look at Microsoft Teams, for example, or if you look at Google with their G Suite, some of their big advantages there is they have a much diverse and broad um, productivity solution. Um, and that appeals to a number of IT um, departments because it means they can consolidate a lot of their uh, software and apps around some very established uh, business uh, suites of software. The format has been recently, isn't it? A, a startup, you know, a disruptive startup will garner some ground in a particular niche area or across a few areas and then once established they have been as you say consolidated by one of the big players within the industry do you, do you think that will continue going forward um, I, i'm not too aware of too many unified communications vendors that have not got a team collaboration platform um, i think a lot of those acquisitions have taken place already um, which makes you sort of wonder around um what the strategy will be for companies like Slack because, you know, where, how do they grow and where do they go from now? I mean, they, they are very much a very popular platform. Uh, some would say market leading. But where do they go from now? Or, or where, sorry, where do they go to now after establishing themselves? It's going to be interesting because some, some team play collaboration platforms don't have comprehensive voice and video capabilities. We've seen people like Facebook and Workplace entering um, the market very quickly, very um, cost-effective solution, can support up to 50 people on a video conference. So there's going to be a lot of adjacent markets that, that a lot of this blends into. And, it, and, and for those niche players, it does make you wonder you know, um, where they're going to grow and what their growth strategy will be going forward. I mean, there's other disruptive technology platforms that we're going to see the, the boom in before. I mean, you've already mentioned AI and you know potential bot techs, but... The, the Internet of Things, you know, we've been told for the last few years is going to massively change how consumers and businesses interact with each other going forward. 
in 2018, is that going to be a real growth area? I think so. I mean, I, I, I've um, I've sat in on a number. I'm, I'm lucky enough to go to a number of these vendors' presentations and, and annual events. Um, there's been some very interesting work with Mitel, for example, in this space. Um, what they're seeing is um, Charlottesville Airport, one of their partners, has leveraged their platform to integrate uh, IoT devices such as the defibrillators um, and, and the doors on the defibrillator cases, so that when um, one of those is open in an emergency, it will send an alert and a trigger to first responders. They're also looking at putting um, special IoT devices and readers on uh, baggage carts or, or um, also on wheelchairs so that you can see and, and, and uh, get some idea as to where all of this is being mapped out in the airport. So if there's a gate change, for example, one of the biggest problems is getting wheelchairs for people that have uh, problems accessing the aircraft to and from the gate. So for the gate change, people will know to turn up with wheelchair in a certain area rather than having you know, uh, passengers waiting on a plane for uh, people to, to, to cater for them. So there's some very interesting overlap here. I think IoT devices, they're going to use a lot for alerts and notifications. Uh, things like shipping containers would be a great area where you could um, simplify that supply chain and track where things are in real time and give notifications where they're held up in, in, in ports or on it's exciting times going forward in 2018. Is there, is there anything specifically that you're particularly looking forward to in terms of maybe a new product release or a particular event that you might be attending in 2018 that you, that you really can't wait for? Yeah, I'm lucky enough to be uh, going to Enterprise Connect again this year. And I'll Me too, I will, see, I will see you there, Tim. Fantastic. Well, on Monday morning at, uh, I think it's about 8 o'clock, um, I'm, I'm um, sitting on a panel looking at the trends of uh, 20, well, over the next five years, really. So looking uh, beyond 2018 and into 2021 with a number of uh, vendors on, on my panel as well. So that, that will be uh, an event that I really enjoy going to. Um, it really sort of, it, it, it sets out uh, people's approaches and how vendors will be approaching the year ahead and, and it's always great to see on the on the floor you know these real world examples and, and demonstrations of what's what customers can purchase today yeah no that that will be an exciting event i'm looking forward to that um and what's the best way for people to get in touch with you obviously in, in terms of global data and uh are you on linkedin do you run any independent blogs what's the what's the best way for people to keep up certainly so they can contact me on uh, global data by uh, emailing me and we still use email. Uh, Tim. At the moment, anyway. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Uh, and you can always follow me on Twitter. My, my handle is tbanting. Well, Tim, thank you for those insights into 2018. Thanks again to Tim Banting for being the second guest on this series and providing those insights into UC currently. I'll be catching up with Tim again, Enterprise Connect, in March, where we will review the week and bring you a summary of the most interesting content. As usual, if you have an interesting topic for a pod, don't hesitate to get in touch with me. But thanks again for listening, and do make sure to download the next episode, where we find out some more about huddle wounds. Also, check out the website at uctoday.com, and keep up via LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter at UCTodayNews. Thanks for listening.